Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Hey Josh. Hey Dennis. We gotta talk. We're gonna talk here on Best Friend Simulator? We're gonna talk here on our podcast, Best Friend Simulator, as soon as this fucking bus drives by. (sighs) Alright. Nope. Okay. I think now it's time to talk. You think it's a cat driving that bus? Since there's always Uh, cat distractions on my end? I mean, it could be. Maybe it's one of my... I haven't seen one of my cats since I go home from work, so maybe that's where she is. Hold on. You're... You're... You're stopping me from having this conversation with you. Go ahead, man. So I was listening to the last couple episodes. I was listening to the last couple episodes. Okay. You talk about butt stuff a lot. What's up with that? Uh... I don't know. I don't think... I don't think the audience wants it. I beg to differ. You're begging or you're 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 explaining to me? I've I've heard personally from some listeners that they're down. Which listeners? Uh some of them. They I'm gonna they're gonna remain anonymous. And no, no, I want you to name one listener that said they enjoy your butt talk. Uh our friend Jen. She enjoyed the Civil War. Up. What did those guys do with their butts? Segment from last episode. Oh, wait a minute. I think you're actually right. See? God damn it, Jen. <laughs> damn you. Anyway, you've won this one. But we'll see. Oh, we will. So, welcome to the podcast. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, let me tell you about some butts. No, I'm just kidding. I actually didn't even have any plans to talk about butts this episode. I think if you had plans to talk about butts, we'd have to have a conversation. Who knows, man? This is a it's a it's a free format that we have here, which I think is the best idea for a podcast. Uh, free format that I would like to somehow have some creative just wrangle in agreement on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a wide range of topics we can discuss here. You know, one day it's aliens, the next day it's butts. It tends to be the next three days with you. Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. No, well, you better start thinking about it. Anyway, we had a very, very special Best Friend Simulator surprise Yes, this past week, where we actually spent time in the same place yes that's right um i surprised dennis by flying out for his big 40th birthday oh you weren't supposed to tell the audience i was 40 it's fine i'm 40 you're 40 we're all 40 here oh it's disgusting best friend simulator turns 40 (laughs) suck it i don't think that's how that works i think that's we we are the core of best friend simulator so that's what that means right but the the podcast has only been around. It's only like four months. Yeah, collectively we're best friend simulator. So, so technically we've been doing this for forty years. 
we've only been recording it for four months. Yes. That's I a, like that. You know, that's a good way of looking at it, buddy. Yeah. I like it. So anyway, Josh came out, celebrated, surprised me. Um, I found him in the middle of a snowstorm, uh, trying to drive up a hill to meet at a cabin with a bunch of other friends that was set up by um, Alexis and some other folks. I think Jim, Justin. You know, it was interesting. It was uh, a veritable who's who of Best Friend Simulator. You had uh, Jim and Ryan, who were on our Halloween episode. Alan, who was on our music episode and did our theme song. Yeah, Justin, who does our art, graphic design stuff. It really was a, a, a rogues gallery, if you may. You know, I, I think you might even be able to say it was the first Best Friend Simulator convention. Since oh, I think man. about 80% of our fans were there. Yeah, nobody, unfortunately, <laughs> nobody portrayed any of our famous characters like I had always envisioned they would. There was nobody dressed up as uh, Gary Lipson. <laughs> or... <laughs> Who were the brothers you came up with a couple weeks ago? Uh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. And Jamexis. And Jamexis. They weren't there either. But, you know, look... I want to do I want to do this convention so uh, we'll have time until next year to plan. Yeah, and uh, you know on Instagram hashtag BFS cosplay. Let's see it, dude. That's a good idea. We gotta th- start throwing out these hashtags. Yeah. We need to be more media savvy. Yeah, I'm not media savvy at all. I tried to add more me. What? No, I tried to do more media. <laughs> No, I tried to make more Instagram posts as part of the podcast. That only lasted a week. I forgot yeah. last week. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, well, I knew you would eventually. Ew. Anyway, I just want to thank everybody who and all the fans out there who, who said happy birthday. Fans being our friends. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, so I have another question for you about right. myself, as I've Shoot. done before. In the past, <laughs> in the past, I've asked you if I was an asshole. Okay. So now I, I said wanna, no. Yeah, you did. I appreciate it. Thank you. So now I want to ask you: Am I gross? And here's Are you gross. Here's what I mean by that. There's been two instances in the past few weeks where I was behind somebody or near somebody, and they didn't notice me. At first, but then when they noticed me, they definitely stepped in the opposite direction of me. Hmm. Like they, like a dude was in front of me in line and turned around, and looked at me, and I look. I am a, as I've talked about on the podcast, I am very aware of my own space and other people's personal space. So I wasn't, I wasn't right up on the dude. I mean, he looked at me and then like took a step forward. It was very purposeful. Uh, were you doing anything weird? I was making spit bubbles. Okay. But, like, crabs, so I just kept, like, sucking them in and out. Yeah, I used to have a job where I worked at this old bookstore owned by this old couple, and I would go upstairs to stock books, and I would just sit down in front of the book sometimes and just blow spit bubbles for, like, (laughs) 20 minutes, stare off into space. (laughs) I believe that. In reality, I didn't, I was doing nothing weird to this person. I probably mm. just, like, made eye contact and smiled. Okay. It might not be you being gross, because <sighs> okay. I personally don't find you gross. Maybe sure. I'm biased. I don't know. 
Uh, maybe it's the fact that you live in Philadelphia. Mm, that could be it. People are weirdly hostile in Philly. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, that could be a problem. It, it's such a problem, but see, I really excel here because people are so angry that when you're nice to someone, they're shocked. Yeah. And I'm generally pretty nice. Like, we went out to lunch somewhere. Oh, probably because we were at the shore, at the Jersey Shore. And, you know, when Alexis and I go out to eat, it's just, we don't, we're not sending shit back. We're not asking for, like, 18 different things. And uh, by the end, when the lady gave us our check, she was just like, thanks, you guys are really chill. I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? What, like, what? what is, ha- why is, like, why are we not the, the rule rather than the exception? Well, then again, I will say, as somebody who spent many, many years in the service industry, mm. sometimes you get that one person or group of people who treat you like you're a human being. Mm, sure. And that is like a drink of cool water on a hot day. You know, it's, it's just people treat you like you're a vending machine. It's really fucked up. And it's dehumanizing. And yeah, I've definitely had days where I've thanked people just for like, Thanks for asking how my day's going. Mm-hmm. Not throwing your fucking money on the counter and ugh. I get all worked up thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't worked in that industry in a year, over a year. Take a so, couple of breaths. Take a couple of breaths. So I don't think you're gross. I think okay. you just live in a hostile city where everybody's hostile and thinks that anybody could do anything could do something crazy at any time. I think we need to have other opinions on this though. Okay. Listeners, hit us up. Is Dennis gross? Oh, but th- I mean, not every listen. Well, I guess eighty percent of our <laughs> listeners do know me personally, but not every. I was gonna say, not every listener knows me personally. I, I, I don't think you're gross. Because also, I mean, I mean, what's your standard for gross? Because I've hung out with you, and sometimes I find you to be pretty gross. Ooh. Speaking of which, Jamie just got me a nose hair trimmer, like an electric Ooh. one. Can I use it when I'm out there? Absolutely. Yes, dude. My it. My, my nose feels all smooth inside. Yeah, I know, right? Sometimes I'll get up there with the scissors and snip, oh, snip, dog. snip. See, snizzer, scissors. Snizzers. Okay. <gasps> snizzers. Yeah, that's our new revenue stream. Yeah, snizzers. So maybe I am gross because I'm all excited about that. I don't think that... Wait, hold on now. You're saying you're excited about a thing that is supposed to keep you a little more... Uh, makes me less gross? Uh, I, uh, Well-groomed. Thank you. Guys, it's like 10.30 at night. <laughs> I'm not. My brain's not there. Yeah, yeah. You, so you're using the thing that's supposed to make you well-groomed, so that doesn't make you gross. Yeah, I don't have those little dried-up crusty boogers in the front anymore that I usually get. It's the little things. Hey. <laughs> so thank you, but if you have uh, an opposing opinion to Josh and you think, yes, I know you and you are gross, you can let me know. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to say that. And uh, not to dissuade our listeners from writing in and saying that you're gross, but if they do, I'm going to fight them. No. And I'll use th- I'll use the nose hair trimmer on their eyebrows, like it says on the box. No, no, no. Like it said, like to not do. No, it shows somebody doing it. Ooh, maybe I'll trim my eyebrows. <gasps> Can I put little uh, lines in them, like um... vanilla ice? Uh no 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 no. Yeah, lines. Who's the guy from nine two one zero? Perry. Trent Reznor. Steve Perry. 
Kyle Perry. Trent Reznor. Uh, uh, hold on. Oh, can we can we add some research music? Trent Reznor. Oh, it was Trent Reznor. <laughs> Wait, no, it was Luke Perry. Ah, I was so close. Wait, isn't that what you said? I said Steve Perry. Oh, Steve Perry. No, that's, yeah. that's a, the journeyman. Yeah, I, I know. The journeyman. <laughs> he was in that uh, like country super group with like Kenny Rogers and shit. Yeah. Him, Kenny Rogers, Kenny Loggins, Kenny G. <laughs> Kenny G is in no supergroup. Kenny Loggins is only in the soft rock supergroup. I do like some Kenny Loggins, though. That Footloose soundtrack still kicks ass. And by kicks ass, I mean is definitely listenable. <laughs> Speaking of Ken's... <laughs> wow. That yeah, was, nailed that segue, did it. dude. You Suck did it. it. <laughs> Who's sucking it? The segue or the, the segue. outline that we have? The 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 alternate quantum path that oh, Jesus. branched off from my life where oh. I didn't nail a segue. Save me that timeline. Pray pray for me, Can audience. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so this week on the Howard Stern show, Kendrick Lamar admitted to seeing aliens as a child. Dude, everybody's seen aliens. So, I, I've been thinking about this ever since you uh, mentioned it to me the other day. Normally, I, I, as, as I think we've established so far, I'm a bit of a skeptic. I, I tend to doubt most cases of things. I think you uh, want to believe. I would love to, but I, I have yet to see any truly compelling evidence. And one of the things that always makes me angry when I hear people looking at cases of people who have had alien encounters and stuff, they always say that they seem credible to me and I rarely mm-hmm. agree with them. But for some reason, Kendrick Lamar saying it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that dude is awesome. So yeah, if he saw aliens, I believe him. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he doesn't seem, t- uh, are you drinking like a green drink? No, it's, it's a just a glass. Oh, that's very confusing. Yeah. I thought you drink like ecto cooler or something. Fuck. I wish. No, uh, yeah, he he seems like, you know, he he's not just making shit. Up. Now, if he told me like the dudes from Outcast saw aliens, then I'd be like, okay, they're a bit. No, they saw Atlians. Oh, good save, <laughs> dude. Oh, now do you think it was Atlians or Atlians? I don't recall seeing uh, periods in there. Um, hold on, I'm gonna do some research. Okay, Josh. Now I don't have a, a a key as to how to as to how to uh, like a pronunciation guy pronounce pronounce it, but it is capitalized A T L and then oh. lowercase I E N S. So I think it could be A T Aliens. The album's title is a portmanteau of A T L and Aliens. Okay, that makes sense to me. There's a song called uh, There's a title track A T Aliens. So maybe if we heard the title track, we could we know. It doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. You heard the AT alien, so back the hell up off. 
what matters is there's been so much UFO talk this week. Yeah, it's been a big week for that. And and it really stems from, and what I'm going to get into now, is uh, a lot of it stems from this New York Times article, Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. So it was... Wait, uh, can we pause for a second? Yeah. Because this is a new segment. Oh, wait, what, Dennis reads the newspaper? Well, no, dummy, it's... Oh. You know, come up, do my thing. Okay. I'll play the music and everything. Dennis is... <laughs> um, uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, Dennis shit. is dank declassifications. <clears throat> no, what? I was going to say it's... Oh, no, why can't we just have a Best Friend Simulator news segment? Okay. Can you add some, like, flashy, like... Like, uh... Like, oh. uh... Exclusive. I told you I'm trying to get this edited tonight. Oh man, come on! You got to do this. Just write a little something on your keyboard. Okay, fine. Go. It's uh the best friend simulator news corner. Oh, everything's a corner. The best friend simulator news minute. That might last a couple minutes. That'll probably last. <laughs> anyway, shush. Don't get in the middle of my segment. Uh, so New York Times article, Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. And it was revealed this week that $22 million was spent on the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which basically investigated reports of unidentified flying objects. And now everybody's admitting it that they did spend some money on this. But that's cool. They should be doing this. We got to protect ourselves, right? Yeah. Who knows? It's not just a... Who knows what's out yeah, there? Yeah, and it's not just a news corner, but it's also a editorial time. Got to yeah. spend some money to protect ourselves. Or to meet... See, I don't think we need to protect ourselves. I think we need to meet aliens. And also, if we could go to war based on some fabricated bullshit like WMDs, I mean... $22 million is a drop in the bucket compared to that. So it's not like really they need a ton of reason to spend money on shit. They kind of do what they want on the backs of us, the laborers. I'd rather be, I'd, I would gladly give my money over for UFO research. Oh, hell yeah. I just want to see a picture that isn't fuzzy. Because along with this article, there was a declassified video from a jet, a U.S. fighter jet. That showed an unidentified flying object that was looked like a bug on a lens. It was not irrefutable evidence at all. Yeah. Oh, well. So anyway, back to this article. The Defense Department said that the program got shut down in 2012, but other folks at the Pentagon are saying that it's continued investigating just a little more under the radar. So a little bit of like an X-Files thing. Ooh, they got moved Pretty to the much. basement. Uh, the program started in 2007, and it was largely funded at the request of Harry Reid, a prominent Nevada Democrat senator, majority leader, I think, for a while. And he had a long interest in space phenomena. He said, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed or sorry I got this thing going. I think it's one of the good things I did in my congressional service. I've done something that no one has done before. 
So that's pretty neat. Whatever you feel about him, he seems to be pretty interested in that shit. So uh, most of the money went to the aerospace research company run by a billionaire entrepreneur and longtime friend of Mr. Reed's Robert Bigelow from Bigelow Aerospace, which Josh actually revealed to me because I'm not much of a newsman, so Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Robert Bigelow is, but... According to Josh, he's pretty big in the UFO world. Yeah, his name is very well known. Yeah, so they started doing stuff like looking into sightings. They produced documents that describe sightings of aircraft that seem to move at very high velocities with no visible signs of propulsion. They started to modify buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that program contractors said had been recovered from unidentified aerial phenomena. So they, the article didn't really get into what that meant. Yeah, I wondered about that, because that is some serious shit, if they have that, you know? Because you would think, to me, that sounds like they found crashed UFOs and rescued the stuff. Yeah. This uh, research wing also studied people who said they had experienced physical effects from encounters with objects and examined them for any physiological changes. In addition, researchers spoke to military service members who had reported sightings of strange aircraft. According to this article, the UFOs have been repeatedly investigated over the decades in the United States by the military. Uh, In 1947, the Air Force began a series of studies that investigated more than 12,000 claimed UFO sightings before it was officially ended in 1969. That's a long time. The project included a study code named Project Blue Book, Mm -hmm. concluded that most sightings involved stars, clouds, conventional aircraft, or spy planes, although 701 remained unexplained. So... Uh, this guy who was who ran the uh, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, Luis Elizondo, he left because he felt like it was too secret of a program, and he joined other people from the Defense Department in a new commercial venture called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Uh, they're speaking publicly about their efforts as their venture aims to raise money for research into UFOs. Josh... Who founded To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science? Tell the audience. I wish you didn't have it in the notes right in front of us here. And I I had to guess. I know, it would have been fun. But I I feel like I probably could have guessed uh, Mr. Tom DeLong of of Blink-182. Dude, he's just putting his money where his mouth is. Part of me appreciates it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I in preparation for this, I was actually trying to find some interviews with him that I could listen to while I was at work. And the only ones that I could find were on Coast to Coast, which was a mm-hmm. four hour long episode. Oh, Jesus. And the Joe Rogan show, which I didn't want to listen to. Wow. Oh, I was hoping he had made it somewhere else. What could that? I, I might mm-hmm. I might dip into the, the Coast to Coast yeah, I was about to say, what could the Joe Episodes. Rogan Tom DeLong conversation be? I, from what I read, it didn't go well. Oh, so like Joe Rogan didn't believe him or something? I don't know. Who? Yeah, who? who I, I try to keep a wide berth. Yeah, I, I just know that's not my scene. Who cares? So anyway, yeah, I mean, who cares what they? We'll talk about. But uh, it's interesting that they're admitting to having this organization. It turns out that even though they're saying it closed in 2012, it did not. And now people from the organization and the dude from Blink-182, the band that frequently sang about being children, are now starting <laughs> this this new program to fund UFO research. So, Josh, I think you wanted to talk about Robert Bigelow a bit. 
Yeah, I'll I'll talk about Bigelow in a second, but this is a New York Times article. Right. I just want to point that out. This isn't some, like, website, you know, some, like, weird-ass news website, like Yahoo News or something. Like, I mean, I don't know if what, Yahoo News is a weird website, but you know what I'm no, saying. I'm, like, this yeah. isn't some, like, you know, this is a fairly reputable news source. So it, it's pretty interesting, and I, I would really like to see where this goes, you know, if, if anything else comes from this. Yeah, and I've I've been seeing like a bunch of little like offshoot articles popping up on on like CNN. They had the video. Um, another website had an interview with Luis Elizondo to kind of corroborate the whole thing. So it's kind of interesting. Hmm. It's kind of you know somebody came out and said, "Oh, by the way, this I can't remember this ridiculous name to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science was founded by Tom DeLonge." So there's like these little kind of articles coming out from this to talk about other parts of it yeah we should definitely keep an eye on this and discuss it as it develops and i'm gonna join the a cat the to the stars academy of arts and science is it just for children you should no i mean i i, I know nothing about it other than the name but hmm. we're gonna we're gonna look into it <gasps> they've raised over two million dollars god bless them Oh, you can invest in it. Ooh. Your minimum investment is $200. And the price per share is $5. Yo, I want to own stocks in a UFO company. Let's do it. Yo, if I own enough stocks, does that mean I get to tell aliens what to do? I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I don't know anything about stocks. They're, from what I understand, they're beholden to you. So, you can make them overhaul the alien tax codes to benefit you from what i understand you know, wait aliens pay taxes no i was making like a topical humor oh i love here. jokes do you think um but speaking of that though mm. I, I i there is a cynical part of me that's wondering if this news story isn't kind of being pushed out by the government right now just to distract from the trash fire that is our government right now you know that's actually a good point because, I mean, that, that's that been the tactic since Fucknuts got into office here. Is just... Hey, 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 hey. That's President <laughs> Fucknuts. Uh, you know, d- d- since he got in, it, it's just like, let's make big crazy news to distract from the actual shit that's going on. Like, you know, our country being fucking strip mined. And there is the cynical part of me that's like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but... What is this distracting us from? Yeah, totally. Well, I look, I can still be interested in this and still root on that very awesome tax bill that's coming around to help us all. So I heard. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's going to put money in our pockets. Topical. Yo, who said Best Friend Simulator wasn't topical? Or newsworthy? Uh, Joel. No. Stop it. I ran into him. Who? Who's Joel? Billy, he's this Billy dude. Joel. <laughs> ah, I, got I got you good, you fucker. That's uh, Billy Joel's uh, relative from Krypton. <laughs> All right, come on, tell us about Robert Bigelow. Yeah, so uh, I, when I read this article uh, after you sent it to me the other day, I got excited because Robert Bigelow is somebody that I've been aware of for a little while. He's connected to a lot of stuff, and he's a very interesting character. So a little background on Robert Bigelow. Uh, he, he grew up in Las Vegas, and he was a real estate magnate. Between the 60s and 70s, he started Budget Suites of America, 
and owned tons and tons of property. I think made a shit ton of money right before the recession in 2008. Josh. Yes. How do I become a magnate? Buy a lot of stuff. Okay, thank you. Good. Expensive stuff. Oh, shit. Because I've bought a lot of stuff and I'm not a magnate. You're a magnate in my heart. I am a, a muscle thing magnate. <laughs> hey, everybody <laughs> got to be a magnate of something, right? Hey. So, yeah, he, he made a shit ton of money. I think by unloading a lot of his properties uh, right before the crash in 2008. And he has had a lifelong obsession with outer space and science and everything. Uh, I think he he recalled growing up in Nevada and and seeing nuclear tests off in the distance out in the desert, you know, from a relatively safe distance, I guess. But, you know, and that kind of sparked his interest in, in science. So currently... He owns a company called Bigelow Aerospace, uh, which he started in 1998, and they're currently developing expandable space station modules. Uh, Currently, the Bigelow Expandable Activity Module, the BEAM, is attached to the International Space Station, uh, undergoing tests. Bigelow Aerospace has launched several modules into space for testing, and on the Genesis 2 module, they offered a Fly Your Stuff program where participants could pay $300 to have their personal items sent to orbit where it would be photographed floating around inside, which is really weird. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have come up with a better name than Fly Your Stuff. I mean, it's it's utilitarian. It's It gets it done. It's not flashy, but it's functional. Uh, it's pretty bad. Plus, like, <laughs> anything? I mean, I, I think there were size restrictions. Okay. But... <laughs> so weird. But the thing about Bigelow is that he takes the paranormal and specifically alien sightings, UFOs and stuff, very seriously. And he has put a lot of money into that. In 1995, he founded the National Institute for Discovery Science to study assorted fringe fringe sciences and paranormal topics. They put a lot of effort into studying cattle mutilation and black triangle reports, which do you remember... Black Triangle reports. They were they were big back in like the nineties, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They issued a report in two thousand and two claiming that the Black Triangles were prototype blimps made by the U.S. military. Uh, uh, there were a lot of experts that agreed to this, but the military didn't confirm it. So the the reason I actually know of Bigelow, I first heard of him connected to something called the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Have you heard of this? No. It's bonkers it's it's i really want to discuss it at some point but there's a book that i want to read written by george knapp who is the current host of coast to coast am yeah it's crazy but there's all kinds of stuff uh that was going on at the skinwalker ranch and you know i'll definitely discuss this 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 will be like a later episode or a couple of episodes even because it's just there's crazy shit there's all kind of weird lights that go on there animal mutilations uh Native American ghosts, uh, little girl ghosts, giant wolves, uh, miniature stealth bombers, water babies, invisible entities, sentient mist, hmm. portals, like all in this, this area. And I think I've heard like dogmen too. So in 1996, the National Institute for Discovery Science bought the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, uh, Bigelow was friends with George Knapp, and George Knapp at the time was writing articles about the strange phenomena there. So 
the institute bought the ranch outright to study it, which is kind of interesting. However, they couldn't produce testable results from anything that they found there. So from what I understand, they sold it to somebody. I couldn't find any information Mm -hmm. about that that was even halfway reputable. That wasn't just like a comment under a YouTube video or something. But yeah, the Institute closed its doors in 2004, seemingly to shift attention to the aerospace industry. Uh, However, we could post this link on the Facebook page. It's www.nidsci.org slash discovery dash science. It's a treasure trove of articles produced by the Institute. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there for sure. Uh, that that's definitely worth looking over. Oh, it's not. It's not connected. Oh, it's not. Uh, no, if you just go to the nidsci.org, that'll work. Okay. Yeah, I'll put the uh, the a link in the show notes, and we'll post it on Facebook and stuff too. But it's interesting. But yeah, so so Bigelow is. Wait, I'm sorry, yeah. Josh. Uh, that's actually not true either. www.nidsci.org is. That's what it is, right? No. Yeah, that's not. That's uh, some moving site in Sydney. The National Institute for Discovery Science. How to be frugal when hiring removalists. That is not right. Yeah, no, it's wacky. Uh-huh. Okay, but we'll, we'll put the... What? Yeah, isn't that weird? Oh, dude, this is really weird because I was just looking at this like a couple of days ago. <laughs> huh. Wow. So here's another little little piece of info. So if you look at the Wikipedia page for the National Institute for Discovery Science, it says that the Skinwalker Ranch investigation was led by Deputy Administrator Calm Keller. Calm mm-hmm. Keller, the biotech consultant for the To the Stars Academy Whoa. of Arts and Science. Yeah, it all ties back. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, so Bigelow has, you know, he's put, he's sunk a bunch of money into the field because he's interested. Uh, He's, there's a a 60 Minutes interview with him where he outright says, yeah, aliens have been visiting Earth. He's, he's not, you know, I I think when you're a billionaire, you could fucking do whatever you want, I guess. Yeah, like he's made his money so he could be as, as candid as he wants. But he's just an interesting figure to me. He is totally like when I picture him, it was just when I see him, I think that he is the guy in every modern horror role playing game that you could play in that hires your team. Right. Like 100%. And like it just looking at pictures of him too. He's got like kind of wild hair with white streaks in it and like a mustache. He looks, you know, he looks like the dude who would hire your team to go out and investigate some weird shit. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, this isn't like we talk about Mel's Hole, where Mel is just this dude who calls us radio station and you have no friggin' idea what's going on. This is a a public figure billionaire who has put his money, uh, just like Tom DeLonge, where his mouth is, and is saying, like, no, I'm I'm a I'm a successful person and here's a bunch of money to prove this thing. So it's like, it's a little different than your typical like conspiracy theorist. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, he's, he's definitely got more skin in the game, I guess, because mm-hmm. he's actually shelling out money to do this stuff. This isn't some guy more or less anonymously calling up an AM radio show about the paranormal that plays in the middle of the night. 
you know, and saying some stuff. This is somebody who's actually spending money. So it's, it's very fascinating to me. He's a really interesting figure. I think Man, that, that website though, that freaks me out. Cause I was just looking at it the other day and it was, it was oh, not a moving weird. company. I wonder thing. if um, <laughs> he, his name just got like a ton of, a ton of hits and because of this New York times article and things got changed. Yeah, that's he, possible. He, he doesn't want people to You'll know. I'll have about to look that. and like check the Wayback Machine or something and see if I can find those articles to repost them. But in a nutshell, that's Robert Bigelow. I, I just, you know, he's a fascinating figure to me. This is all. I, I think more stuff is going to come out like within the next couple weeks. But I think we should all like, you know, be a bit skeptical. Like you were saying, like, is the timing of this, is the timing of this suspect? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. Right time pretty perfectly when a bunch of shit is going down yeah all right well that was a little quick recap of a new york times article about a shady alien uh hunting organization within the pentagon that is actually fact yeah and we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this and discussing it as it occurs stay tuned to best friend simulator news minute I realized earlier this week that this episode is going to be the last one before Christmas. So, yeah, I just wanted to say to everybody, uh, have a good holiday, whatever you do. And also, I know that this time of year can be very tough for folks. So hang in there. Just know you're not alone. It's, it could be a tough time, without a doubt. But take care of yourself. Watch some goofy shit. I recommend Rare Exports if you want to have a good time and watch a, a weird-ass Christmas movie. Hmm. But yeah, um, so just hang in there. And don't forget the Christmas classic, Blues Brothers. Oh, shit, a- which we need to our, schedule to watch. Our Christmas classic. Maybe we'll, I think we're going to do it next year. But maybe we should just watch it concurrently together. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to we're gonna watch it in person. But then next year, we're going to do our commentary on Blues Brothers. You know, when we're definitely doing this podcast in a year's time from now. Commentary on the Blues Brothers that you could play along <laughs> while you watch it. Maybe. Or we'll just discuss it. (laughs) Or we'll just discuss it. We'll see. All right. Well, listen. Happy holidays, everybody. And hey, Josh. Yeah, Dennis? I think that's all the time we have for our call. Ho, 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 ho. My butt. Oh, God damn it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.